let's open it. Okay. Alrighty, cheers. Cheers. Okay, let's see. Oh, mm, that's really good. It, it tastes like good. tea. Mm-hmm. Actually, it tastes more like tea than anything. I think I have to drink it with my pinky up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listeners, welcome back to another episode of AAE. Uh, we, uh, we're just trying this. It's called Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea Original. Mm. It has 5% alcohol. So it's supposed to be iced tea with alcohol. I wonder what kind of alcohol is in here. I didn't even see the box, so I don't even know what kind of alcohol is in here. Um, I wonder if it says on the back of the can. Show us how, no. No. It doesn't say. It just says all those boring things about the risk of drinking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which we're gonna get into. Have a designated driver. Yeah, all that boring stuff. So I'm joined here with my dear friend, Andrew. Say hi to the listeners. Hi, listeners. How are you guys? <laughs> so we're here because I thought you had an interesting story. Um, you, I always say recent, I literally, whenever I tell a story to people, I always say, oh, um, my friend recently graduated uh, from Loma Linda <laughs> University with his... But really, it's not recent anymore. It's no, I graduated in 2017, so oh, yeah. it's been, so it's two been like years. two years. Uh-huh. Um, you graduated with your bachelor's in nursing. Nursing, uh-huh. so that's amazing. Congratulations! Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so you're originally a transfer from BBC, right? I did. I am. I I did my uh, prereqs over here at BBC. Shout out to Victor Valley College. I actually started their nursing program also up there, um, but. Maybe uh, halfway into the first uh, semester or whatever you call it, they um, accepted me at Loma Linda. So I withdrew from the VVC program and went down to Loma Linda to get started with them. Only because it's a bachelor's instead of an associate's say, degree. So it's because of the bachelor's, right? Yeah. Because they say that Victor Valley Community College, for those of you who live in the high desert know where that's at. For those of you who don't... Um, there's a community college here in Victorville, and they say that Victorville has one of the best nursing programs in the state of California, right? Yeah, actually, uh, Victor Valley College has a 98% pass rate for the NCLEX. Um, so for those of you who don't know, the NCLEX is your licensure exam that you have to take once you graduate from a program to actually be licensed to work. So you can actually go through the school... Do all of the hard work. Yeah. To pass all your classes. And then if you don't pass the, what's it called? The NCLEX. NCLEX. You're not a nurse. That sucks. Can you imagine, like, being a 4.0 student, doing all that, and mm-hmm. then you just, like, your nerves take over and you can't. But you said you could take it multiple times, right? You, you can take it multiple times. I don't know anything about that. Because <laughs> you had passed it on the first time. Okay. But, uh, Dang. But you know, some, you know some people do have to take it a few times. And it's not a problem as long as you pass it. Right. The license is the same for everybody. Do you have to pay to take that test? You do. How much is it? Uh, I don't remember, but I remember it was, like, over $100.00. For the testing fee, for the uh, life scan. Um, did you have to do that with your employer? Yes. Where you uh, have to you put do your the finger... fingerprints and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but and that doesn't like cost a money. Thing. For me, it costs a little bit. And then um, a background check, things like that. Um, yeah, but once uh, once it's said and done with, it's a little over $100. And mm. you sign up to take the test. And they have different testing locations. 
And uh, once you pass, you're a nurse. Your license posts online. Ta-da! It's that easy. Yeah. So, um, we talked about... Actually, let's go back before because we just skipped a whole bunch of stuff in our, like, history, which is fine. Um, So, we actually originally met um, working at DirecTV. Yeah, we both worked for DirecTV. What year did you start? Because that was there... I started in... in, 07. I started in 2008. Oh, When I moved up to the high desert. Oh, yeah, because you were living down in West Covina, right? Uh, yeah. What, was it West Covina? Baldwin Park. Baldwin yeah. Park, okay. Yeah. Ooh, right by Knott's Berry Farm. <laughs> You're thinking Buena Park, no? Oh, yeah, Buena Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, I'm currently in college and I haven't had to take any uh, geography courses, so. Yeah, I think uh, Knott's Berry Farm is Buena Park. Yeah, Buena Park, yeah. But they're both BP. Oh, you know what? Baldwin Park, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm thinking Bassett. See, I'm still off. <laughs> uh-huh. Bassett would be La Puente. Yeah, I was thinking uh, Bassett, uh, mm-hmm. Night Owls. Yeah. Um, so I was. Um, we met. At okay, so we were only we were only one year apart. Dang, that was over mm. ten years ago. Yeah. So the friendships we've had some great longevity yeah. in our friendship. So cheers to us. Heck yeah! Cheers. Cheers to this our uh, longevity of friendship. Mm. Yeah. Did you actually um, start when Joanna started? Joanna was already there when I started. I think she started in 08, too. So you guys must not be too far apart in higher history there. Yeah, she was already there when I started. Yeah. I remember Joanna's his previous guest. She talked to us about uh, immigration issues. Right. She was on my Minority Report episode. Yes. So, so the three of us worked together. Yeah, we did. And the three and of us got so into much some trouble. Yes. <laughs> Which we're going to keep off the record. Yeah, but... we, we had a lot of fun between the three of us working at DirecTV. Yeah. Um... Actually, I guess it kind of doesn't matter because one, they're no longer DirecTV anyway. It's all um, and none AT&T. of us work for them either. And none of us work for them anyway, so it wouldn't matter yeah. if I disclose. But I used to. Um, I'm gonna disclose this because I don't care. Okay. But um, on my lunch breaks, I would go and I would either go to the pizza factory. Mm-hmm. You know, you go down uh, and there's the pizza factory, yeah. and I would either order like a pitcher of beer uh-huh. and have beer, and then go back. I don't know if you remember, but. Um, you, Direct, DirecTV does a lot of contracting, mm-hmm. and the call center where we worked was called Mountain View or something. No, no, no. It was um, Mountain Satellite. It was Mountain. It was Mountain Satellite. Was the actual like um, like what it said on our pay stubs? Yeah. But it was actually Ironwood Communications at the time. So when I got hired, um, you were Ironwood Communications. I don't, I don't remember, but it w- it didn't say DirecTV on there. It said something else. So I got hired, and, you know, they give you a new hire packet or whatever with some paperwork and um, a contract, uh-huh. you know, what you agreed to for working with them. Did you have the contract and that said... It said that we can have two yes! drinks on our lunch break. And I thought that was so yes! crazy. I swear, I was like, I swear in my original contract, it said I could have two beers, I think it which said is you... one tall can. I think it said you couldn't be alone. <laughs> I think it said... Somebody had to be with you or something, maybe so that they could vouch for you how many you had. Yeah, I, I don't, don't remember, remember but, but it was definitely. I remember it was in the contract. Yeah. I swear, maybe like I wish I had like was one of those organizers that had like kept every, all my paperwork because mm-hmm. I swear I remember saying I remember reading that it said that you could have yeah two drink minimum on your funny lunch story break. listener. There are employers that actually allow I bet you this they don't. I bet you they don't allow that anymore because no. that means you're drinking two drinks and driving to or maybe they meant like on the premise no that wouldn't make sense either no well nonetheless but, i used um, to um and i'll tell you this you weren't the only one that oh trust me i know break. 
Um, I started figuring that real quick. Mention her name, but remember Whiskey Kilo? Oh yeah, yeah, that was her <laughs> handle. Her, uh, we all had our um, handles where you get like mine was, um, I think mine was uh, Whiskey. I forgot what it was, Whiskey Zebra something or Zebra Whiskey. Something. So we signed our work with our initials, um, and we used a phonetic alphabet. So this girl, I don't know what her real name was, but her initials were Whiskey WK. Kilo. So. She'd be having some whiskey. <laughs> that became her All nickname. the time. Whiskey Kilo. I swear she was drunk 24-7, but she was she the was great. coolest person ever. Whiskey Kilo, if you're listening, I wish you well. <laughs> we loved you. You were the greatest. Um, so going back to what we were originally talking about, because we were totally getting off subject, which I tend to do all the time with my guests. Fine. <laughs> um, so you went to VVC, shout out VVC, because that's mm-hmm. where I'm currently going. I'm finally back in school, thank God. But, yeah. um, you feel like VVC was harder than... So <coughs> nursing school all around is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a meme or something that I've seen online that says, uh, nursing school is just like riding a bike. Except that the bike is on fire and you're on fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really funny. Yeah, it was funny. Um, And it's so true. But I will say that uh, my time doing at VVC doing my prereqs, all of the hard sciences, your bios, your um, chemistries, and you have to go past the introductory phase of bio and chem for both of those. Mm -hmm. You're just going to take microbio, um, uh, organic chem, biochem. Those classes were really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember especially one of the chemistry teachers, if he's listening, Mr. Kennedy, um, you had to write like scientific papers mm-hmm. um, where you had to show your raw data, interpret the data, draw conclusions from the data. So it kind of prepared you for a baccalaureate program mm-hmm. where you will be reading and writing some papers. Mm-hmm. So shout out to VVC, uh, their science program in particular excellent and very rigorous yeah i think the whole vvc program has like upped its game because we were just we were talking off off um the recording that uh vvc went through a period this was years ago though like many years um where they were on a verge of losing their accreditation or the talks were that they might lose their accreditation so they really went through this whole like revamp where um Mm -hmm. and my english professor at the time because i was going to school at the time was saying that that we're going to notice that going to a community college is going to be so much more challenging for us than when we transfer to a university. It's going to be like a walk in the park. And I was like, I don't understand. She was like, well, because they're revamping the program. They're, you know, they're basically preparing you to go into a university mm-hmm. and we're basically trying to show like there's no reason for us to lose our accreditation. And I'm glad that they didn't because there's so many people up here that really, really um, rely on VVC and transfer to other colleges and do a lot. Uh, If you're taking your sciences, listeners, um, and you have to take physio or anything like that, take uh, Dr. Harvey. I remember one of her, uh, and I'm telling you this full disclosure, her class is hard, but you're going to learn a lot. One of her test questions was like, explain the monthly female reproductive cycle oh it was God. not a multiple choice question you had to write it out from start to finish i'd be like and you the woman to... starts her period yeah and... well no you had to talk about um how she estrogen... bleeds from her coochie <laughs> well that would be right right i get 100 percent on that quiz um 
you had to discuss like um, estrogen and progesterone levels and how they fluctuate through the month cycle and how a uterine wall builds and sloughs. Oh hell no! It was it was hard. See, that's um, why I'm not a science major. But I mean, uh, you know, that kind of level of studying is definitely what you'll be doing in nursing school. So it does prepare you to work hard uh-huh. and be able to understand things because yeah. you'll have to repeat it back on a test or. Oh hell no. Um, uh, well, I don't know. My I don't think my program is going to be that fierce, but um, you actually, when we were going, when we, we were going, when we were working at DirecTV, you, I, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, um, you left DirecTV mm-hmm. because you were actually wanting to, you went to aviation school and that's something that you wanted to do for a very long time. Yes. So... I when I started at DirecTV, I already had a uh, an associate's degree mm-hmm. um, in aviation science from Mount Sac, from down the hill in Walnut, and I wanted to be an air traffic controller. So I knew my, that my time with DirecTV was going to be limited, but I actually ended up doing two years with DirecTV because it took me, it took them a while to call me. So I went, I did, uh, I started the training in Oklahoma City. Um, and, uh, this is for air traffic control. You know, the guys who sit in the tower and re- look at the radar screens to separate the, the aircraft. They make sure like, like, let's say for LAX, for example, they're the guys that make sure like, okay, so let's say one plane's landing, you tell them to keep like, to circle around. So like the planes don't crash into So hopefully <laughs> you're not circling around cause then that means you're not really doing your job that oh, great. Okay. So hopefully the... But that's what the aircraft yeah. controllers... Oh, you're okay. separating the aircraft, you're lining them up so that um, you have smooth takeoffs and landings, so that there's a smooth flow of traffic that is orderly and efficient, too, because uh, remember, you can't delay aircraft very long because people have connecting flights and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so you... Uh, that sounds stressful. It was very stressful, and that's why I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not, nursing is actually not as stressful. Um, At least in my field. Um, I work in transplant. Mm -hmm. Um, My experience with nursing is that you do have, you know, the patients may actually start to decline a little bit, um, but they follow a certain sequelae. uh, They follow a certain order um, of their disease process. And so you know in what direction they're headed, Mm -hmm. which gives you time to think and prepare about what you're going to do. As opposed to... Air traffic and Oh, those two green dots are getting really close. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you better think of something right now because right. those, those dots are going to touch. And right. that's your fault. And then there's how many passengers on those green dots? Who knows, like, right? But several. I mean, we've all been in planes. Plenty. So I remember when you left to go because you had already told me before you even left that you were waiting to get into the aviation school. Mm-hmm. And so your whole plan, like, and that was your plan before high school, right? Like, when I graduated when high school, I to college thought I was going to be near that, right? Yeah. So you went a whole different direction. Mm-hmm. So you, you went to school for aviation. You realized um, that's it was crazy hard, and I didn't mm-hmm. want to do it. So what actually changed it for me is I went to Oklahoma to do the training, and then I came home, and I knew I had to do something. Um, my parents do well for themselves and stuff and I knew I wanted a similar lifestyle I don't want to be broke all the time so I knew I needed something that would help me make some money my aunt who went to VVC for her prereqs and then went to Loma Linda Mm -hmm. to do the x-ray program Mm -hmm. uh, she's like you know what you would make a really good nurse 
I literally knew nothing about nursing. I didn't know if I would like it or whatever. Mm. So I was like, you know what? I'll give this a try. So I started the prereqs. I enrolled back in school at VVC to do the prereqs. And that's where I got on that path. Um, but it was actually my aunt who suggested it to me. Yeah. And uh, she suggested Loma Linda because she had graduated from there. Um, do you think it's a good school? I would recommend it to people here. Um, it's kind of pricey. Mm-hmm. So if you have grades that are phenomenal, mm-hmm. I would suggest a state school like uh, Cal State San Bernardino or one of those um, state schools that offers a bachelor's in nursing uh, just because uh, the bill is less. You walk away with a lesser bill. Um, I think one of my coworkers, she graduated from uh, Cal State Long Beach mm-hmm. with, she told she told me, now this is just what she told me, I'm not quoting a website or nothing. She told me that she graduated with like between sixteen and $18,000 in debt. That's a lot less than what I graduated. That's actually not as much as I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my, my bill was a lot more. I borrowed probably close to... Seventy, eighty thousand dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, so. I'm gonna fall off my chair right now. I did. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Loma Linda is a private um, religious school. So right, it, they're Seventh Day Adventist, right? They're Seventh Day Adventist. Okay. Um, so you definitely will also pay to take um, some religion courses. Uh, you'll have weekly chapel attendance that's required. It's required. It is required. It's part Dang. of our policy that you go to chapel on Wednesdays. But to be honest with you, Elijah, it wasn't bad. Um, I'm not a particularly religious person, um, but you go to chapel, you hear them sing, and then there's a, a talk, a message, right? And the whole thing is about 50 minutes. The message was never really, like, pushy. Mm-hmm. The message was more like, um, try not to stress in your life. Stress isn't worth it. Um healthy living things. Uh, Loma Linda is specifically a medical school. All their programs are medically related. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're very preachy about healthy living, things like that. It wasn't like, uh, you need to become a seven-day Adventist now. It was never Mm -hmm. like that. So it was actually okay. They weren't using any scare tactics to turn you into a seven-day Adventist. Because in my experience with, and you know, like we've had so many conversations about how it was raised, mm-hmm. certain stuff like that. In my experience with certain religions, I won't say which ones, but um, mm-hmm. there's always like a scare tactic. Like, if you don't repent your sins, you're going to hell. Yeah. Or like, if you do this, like, there's going to be this repercussion, you know? Yeah. So there was no like... No, I had nothing but a great experience there. Um Everybody was very kind, mm-hmm. uh, supportive. Um, for those of you who can't tell from my voice, I'm also of a different persuasion. I, <laughs> I, I enjoy, I enjoy I, men very much. I can't um, stand you. <laughs> um, and of course, this is how it went oh for me. Oh my god! I didn't throw that in anybody's face, mm-hmm. right? I'm not telling my teachers who I went to bed with or nothing like that, and they also don't ask. And so there was a... It was just an understanding that yeah. this is... Uh, and that's private. Right. You, don't, you don't need to discuss that with everyone. I agree. Um, and so um, we... I had a great time. Um, mm. And uh, now, I, as a professional, not as a student, sometimes I see old professors 
and um, th- we're colleagues and we say hello and we have a great time. It's definitely not a problem. So you weren't the only Mo there. Oh, no. I mean, it's nursing, dude. If you see, like, <laughs> if, if there's a few guys there, uh, yeah, some of them. Not, and, okay, and, and I don't so, want to gener- perpetuate any stereotypes. Oh, no, of course a, not. A lot Trust of, me. I know, I know straight nurses, too. A man. lot of guys there had girlfriends. Uh, many of them have gotten married to their wives. And oh, that's so sweet. Produced beautiful families. But there's going to be a certain number, a certain percentage that... They, it's like, just statistics. They like men. <laughs> no, you know, so for listeners, the fact that I said Mo, uh, that's something that me, Andrew, Joanna, who was a previous guest on my, and our friend Muskies as well. Shout out to Muskies because we love her so much. And hopefully I'll get her on um, my podcast one of these days. But um, we all say Mo for short for homo. Yes. So we Which just, is not a disparaging term. Right. Homosexual is in the dictionary. Right. Look it up. Uh, we say Mo for short, so uh, we're the other Mo's up in the school. <laughs> yeah, so I recommend Loma Linda um, for um, anybody who wants to get into the medical field. And they have lots of programs. They have a med school for the people who want to be a doctor, x-ray techs, physical therapists. I think you have a friend who's a respiratory therapist. Um, my friend Yasmin is a respiratory therapist, but I don't think she went to Loma Linda. No, no, no. Remember we met her at, um... Yeah. Johnny Fingers. They have an um, RT program. They have a yeah. lot of different stuff. She has her, um... She went to VVC. Huh? She went to VVC. She has her associates. I don't know if she has a bachelor's, actually. Um, she has her associates in uh, respiratory therapy, and she works at Arrowhead. Making that was the money. last time. And she's gorgeous. Remember her? Like, she's oh, got she's this so bomb-ass... Black, jet black, long hair. Like, she dresses like she's like, Mm -hmm. oh my God. The medical field, baby. That's where it's at. And it's not, I mean, I don't want to say go into the medical field to make money. But certainly you don't want to put a lot of time and effort, especially if you're a young person and working on a career. You want something that's going to pay well. Of course. And I'm not going to tell any lies. I'm just going to tell you the truth. The medical field pays well. Um, So you you get a very... um, satisfaction in knowing that you're in a career that is meant to help people Mm -hmm. and at the same time they provide a very good lifestyle for you right so um if you're thinking about it um definitely go ahead and do it uh you have to be smart and you have to be a clinical a a critical thinker but you don't have to be a genius and i want to be i was gonna say i don't know if you have to be smart you You uh, just have to be able to learn yeah so Smart, I would say yes, but I'm not talking about an outrageous level of smart. Um, See, I don't think that I'm smart. I think I could, you know, I could go through the program. I could do the classes, study, and yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm talking about can you read something, learn something, and then um, apply the information on the test. I don't necessarily personally attach that with being smart. Okay. Because I feel like for me, smart people are. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's my, my I don't think it's myself. I don't think of myself as a smart person. I think of like my cousin Sasha, for example. I think of her as a smart person. Like she's like a genius mathematically, science, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like that's a and her sister too. Well, maybe you are smart, but you just don't think you're smart. No, maybe maybe you are smart. Um, Cause I I mean honestly, uh, if somebody thought that they were dumb. I wouldn't suggest the medical field for them. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
let's be fair, um, you're going around patients. These are very sick people. Um, their clinical conditions can change at any time. And so you do need to be a little bit on the smarter side to be able to um, think about what your next move is going to be mm-hmm. and act quickly. Um, so I, I wouldn't recommend this for people. So would you say like it just it's more for like people who can think on their toes or sure, be- sure. Because I don't necessarily sure. think that like everyone's scholarly. I think. So the, people can get through the program, pass the program, pass the test. Right. So the big thing that they push in these these things is uh, not necessarily smarts or IQ. What they really want is your ability to critically think. Which would be like thinking on your toes. like Thinking on your toes and uh, being able to, almost to think in the abstract. Like, uh, okay, so you're looking at the patient. Patient doesn't look good. So what is happening what's causing the patient to not look good mm-hmm. and secondly what are you going to do about it i'm like oh just give them a little air they'll be fine <laughs> yeah i wish it was that easy. <laughs> so um again we're thinking about like um so you're gonna think to yourself what am i gonna do and there's maybe five or six things that you want to do your next task is, or, or your thinking task is what are you gonna do first and for those of you who are thinking about nursing, um, the test questions will be something like, you walk into your patient's room, you see this and this and this. What are you going to do first? And they're going to have A, B, C, D, and E. And they're all going to look like things that you want to well, do. do, right. But one of them has to be done first and for a very specific reason. That's where the critical thinking comes in. Mm. Um, I think I had a question one time that said, uh, your patient... Uh, reports that they're having trouble breathing, they're running fluids, they're not making any urine. What are you going to do first? Sit them up, um, stop the fluids, call the doctor, uh, and then other things, right? Those are those all sound like things that you would want to do, right? You definitely want to call the doctor because the patients can't breathe. You definitely want to sit them up so that... Just hit code blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, you definitely want to sit them up so that... Um, to facilitate breathing. But the right answer is that you're gonna stop the fluids first. Um, because, wait, you're letting people cheat on their tests. No, 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 the, the question is not trademarked or. Um, <laughs> you just gave the answer it's not to private property. Uh, what's it? Neckflex <laughs> exam um, test, and now somebody else is gonna pass their nursing. But to give you an idea, the question, the answer is to stop the fluids because the patient's running fluids and that fluid might be um, flowing right into their lungs. Because remember, they're not making any urine. So stop the insult. Mm -hmm. The insult is the fluid. That's what's probably causing the patient to not do well. Um, And then, you, you know, a lot of people might say, call the doctor. Call the doctor. Yes. But is that going to save the patient's life? Is a phone call going to... Right. No, no, no. You have to act quickly. Um, so who's responsible if you don't decide... Like, you decide, okay, I'm going to call the doctor. And then the doctor comes, and then the patient dies. When you could have... Like, does that make you responsible? Does that make the hospital responsible? So, like, just curious. Okay, so that's a really great question. You never leave a patient in distress by themselves. So you would shout for help. Um... And so, you know, hey, I need help or whatever because the patient's in distress. Mm-hmm. You stay with them. You're you're stopping the fluids. You're sitting them up. And somebody else is 
paging the doctor for you. Right. Someone's okay. paging the respiratory therapist. Um, that would be that would be um, critically thinking. Yes. Right? Okay. Um, I got you. That that's not good nursing. I could be a nurse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't leave your patient in distress by themselves. I'm gonna have to put this because I keep clicking it and it's like gonna be a minute. So you don't leave the patient in distress and yeah, you just don't. You just <laughs> don't do it. Mm-hmm. You're there to help. Which, by the way. I told you, uh, oh, you know what? You messaged me. So shout out to my Aunt Jenny who did the um, one, another one of my episodes. See, I'm getting all these people who are like, did you ever reach out to her? Because you know that you qualify for the um, Homes for Heroes programs. Yeah. So, so thank you for your service, by the way. Oh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> Um, so I haven't reached out yet. I'm still saving my money. Okay. I want to save a certain amount of money before I actually go buy a house. Okay, that's a smart, that's critically thinking. Good yeah. job for you. Um, I think so I'm there, you, uh, would technically qualify for that program because, because you're a nurse. So, um, definitely keep that in mind when you're gonna, are you like almost there getting ready to? Oh yeah, I think I'm almost there. Oh. Yeah. But like... You could probably do it now because you're a first-time home buyer, and if you've already saved up a certain amount, you, you've probably served way more than you need to. I know, but I... I it's just, just, like, personal, real, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I want to have a good interest rate and things like that, so... But well, I'm almost there. You don't follow her on Instagram because she just posted a couple of days ago um, that now is the time to buy because interest rates are low. Well, so. send me her Instagram Send me her yeah, I will. Okay. Um, it's your friend Melissa Jen. If you re-listen to the episode, okay, you'll hear her say. Or you can just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> your friend Melissa Jen. Um, so what what um, department are you in? At uh, my employer. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, you went to school, Emily. I was say yeah. Linda at your employer. But, uh, uh, so now I work at a local hospital. And I work in transplant. Um, we do transplants of kidneys and livers. And I work the night shift. So I'm there at night. So you're awake all night long and sleep during... You're a vampire, basically. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, I get there a little bit early because I don't live too close. Um, right. So I uh, get there and about 6.30 is when we start. We get report from 6.30 to 7.00. So report is when the nurse that's going home um, is talking to you about the patient. She's mm-hmm. letting you know what you still have to do, what's pending, what things to look out for, things like that. Their behavior, stuff like that? Yes. Oh, okay. um, then from like 7 to 8, you're seeing your patients doing head-to-toe assessments, very thorough. You really want to take a good look at your patients, get a set of vitals. 9 o'clock, medications. 10 o'clock, blood sugars. And if you're lucky... Your patients will fall asleep. Um, sleep <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they don't, though, right? Sometimes they don't. Um, and it's not their fault. They can be hurting. They might have a lot of pain and things mm-hmm. that you have to address. Um, other times it's, like, more serious stuff. Right. But, uh, you know, so sometimes your night can be very smooth or it can be you know, very hectic. So for, like, kidney transplants and liver transplants... Transplants, transplants. Um, what would they need? Trans, like, what would cause somebody to need like a liver or a kidney? Like, I in my head, I think liver. I'm thinking like somebody's drinking too much or somebody's. Yeah. So. Um, or cancer. So the kidneys are um, really cool. 
Um, the kidney transplants, the majority of these patients are end-stage renal disease. Uh, actually, most of them are. Um, and uh, they're already, their kidneys have failed them. Mm-hmm. Both of them, right? Because mm-hmm. you have two. Um, so this thing called GFR, glomular filtration rate. And that's um, the rate at which your kidneys working to filter out your blood uh-huh. and it's clearing wastes and electrolytes, particularly sodium and potassium and other things. I thought sodium was good for you. Sodium is good for you, but nothing in, is like, good for you in any amounts, right? I mean, like skyrocketed. Right. Um, and so it's, it clears the electrolytes. Um, so these patients are already have been on dialysis, maybe for a short time or for a long term, but, um, something else has to wash their blood because their body isn't doing it anymore. And to prepare for this podcast, I actually read a fun fact um, (laughs) that actually, you know that the, um, your whole blood, blood in all of your body goes through your kidneys 12 times an hour. So that should give you some idea of how important the kidney is Uh in in really filtering it. That's scary because some people like donate the, like a kidney to, so if your blood goes through your kidneys, 12 times an hour. And that's like both of them, right? Mm-hmm. So how many times does it go through one if you donate one of your kidneys? I don't know, Is but... Is it like the same? Just like... But we do know that you can live with one kidney. Yeah, I'm just so, saying like... Um, I, and you take a risk. <laughs> well, you take right. a risk when you, um, when you donate your kidney because um, if that kidney fails, you already gave up the other one. Right. Um, That's scary. It is scary, but I mean, if it was your wife, your husband, your child, a lot of people are very happy to do it. Mm -hmm. And so some of our patients come in with living donors. Uh, They have somebody that they've tested and they're a match. And, you know, the doctor will do what's called an nephrectomy. Mm -hmm. They'll take out the the kidney and put it in the other person. Um, the, The donor usually really only stays the night with us. That's it? Yeah. It's outpatient? like No, it's inpatient because they stay with us overnight. But um, we're taking their vitals. We're um, just making sure that they're not bleeding from the incision site. Mm. And um, making sure that they pee. Because um, now they only have that one kidney, right? Right. So we want to make sure that they're still producing urine. That's crazy. That their numbers are okay. But most of the time, it's not a complicated thing. And the patients go home. Um, the next day. The recipient does stay with us longer because we have to, to go through... Well, in- they obviously, they needed the kidney yes. for a reason. That so makes sense. They have to go through immunosuppressive therapy. So we have to give you drugs to lower your immune system so that your own immune system doesn't... Doesn't attack. reject it. Oh, there you go. Look at you. Oh You're my God, for- I'm a critical thinker. Yeah. I'm a nurse. You're ready for medical school. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm, a, I'm about to be at Loma Linda University yes. studying. So we give a lot of immunosuppressive therapy to these patients, um, which of course makes them at risk for infections, right? Because mm-hmm. we're lowering your immune system. So that is, um, how do we prevent infection? We're making sure that the patient has good hygiene. Um, and a lot of the kidneys come back with a catheter, a Foley catheter. Um, so that's the catheter that's between your legs that helps drain uh, I know I know what a catheter is <laughs> well that catheter goes into your bladder which is a sterile area so we definitely don't want to introduce right. microorganisms or anything like that because then you can get a UTI um, and then if the patient has invasive access like a central line uh, or a hemodialysis catheter a dialysis catheter is like a, a catheter in the chest 
where the patient gets dialysis from, mm -hmm. those are all risk areas for infection. infection. So we need to make sure that those areas are crazy. clean, dry, that the dressings are nice, um, because, you know, the patient can get sick. It is so crazy what the body does. Like, mm -hmm. it is amazing to me. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe, like, well, you think, like, when you blink or when you breathe, like, it's just, your body does that. I, for, I forgot what it's called, which I learned in psychology. Um, it's like, the there's a reason for it. It's a response that your body naturally does without even having to think about it. Right. Uh, is like, it an auto, autonomic? I forgot what it's called. Something I forgot like it. What it's called. I forgot what it's called, but um, it's just amazing to me what the human body does. Or if you think about like pregnancy or like how like babies grow up, like just like the whole, mm -hmm. it's a trip. Like it trips yeah. me out. And so with the kidneys, I just, want to say a little piece on that. Oh, yeah. I hope I'm not boring anybody out there. But the the goal, Elijah, is to not ever have to get there. Right. Yes, transplant is an option. Well, it sucks because some people... Sorry to interrupt you. Um, some people are like, okay, let's say, for example, your um, pancreas doesn't work. That would be type 1. Like, let's say your pancreas doesn't work at... Um, See, I'm so knowledgeable. I'm practically a nurse already. Your pancreas doesn't work. No, this is a... You know what? Side note. I'm going to thank you, Andrew, and um, my cousin Jessica for always answering my phone calls or texts when I freak out because I'm a super hypochondriac. Oh, and um, between the two of you guys, I'm pretty sure I owe you guys like large doctor bills because... <laughs> You've witnessed my, like, freakouts about little miney, like, minor minority, like, minor mini things, shit, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, that's not even half of what Jessica's witnessed. Like, oh. you don't even know. Poor like, thing. Mm -hmm. Poor thing, her, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, back to what I was saying. The, uh, pancreas, let's say you're born with, your pancreas doesn't work. Mm -hmm. That's type 1 diabetes. Right. That's not, um... Something that you can control. Yeah, that's not You have to fault. be on insulin for the rest of your life. Right. And if you don't take care of yourself and control it properly, your kidneys will fail, right? Absolutely. So I love that you actually said that. Um, diabetes, uh, particularly poorly controlled diabetes, is the number one cause of uh, renal failure. failure. Yeah. So um, there's uh, like a triad of things that happen with... Um, uh, with that metabolic syndrome, you can get um, uh, nephropathy, which is the kidney failure, mm -hmm. um, retinopathy, um, the retina in your eye starts to fail. So I don't know if you notice a lot of uh, diabetics have very poor vision. Some of them end up going blind. And neuropathy, the the nerves in... in uh... Is that why you see those, um, like, uh, at the doctor's office, you see those uh, pictures of, like, uh, bees stinging someone's feet? Yes. Uh, sometimes they can't feel um, pain on their foot. So they might even have, like, a diabetic ulcer on their feet mm. that they don't even feel. So that's why uh, the doctor should, when you go to see your primary care provider, they should ask you if you're diabetic. And if you say yes, they should actually have you take your shoes off, your socks off, and take a good look at your feet. Um, because that needs to be assessed. Mm. And certainly if you're a nurse and your patient is diabetic, that's also something you're going to want to do. Right. So uh, poorly controlled diabetes is one of the number one cause of um, 
end-stage renal, but so is uh, hypertension, um, high blood pressure mm-hmm. can damage the, the kidney. And then also what you said, like the people that can't control it. There are congenital things, uh, things that you're born with um, that hurt the kidney sometimes. Um, and, you know, those people, yeah, they couldn't do anything about it. So right. they got end-stage renal. Um, which we actually personally know somebody who is on um, insulin dependent because the pancreas failed at birth. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it happens. And what about, uh, what did you say to, oh, you know what? You said kidney and liver. So, like, let's say, in my head, I think, like, if your liver is failing, you, like, probably drink too much or. Is so that a- that's, yeah, that's actually accurate. Um, the majority of um, my patients, and I'm, I'm only speaking for what I've seen, mm-hmm. um, the majority of the patients that come in for a liver transplant is because they drink a large amount of alcohol. Um, and I don't want to say, and I want to be very specific about this because there are patients that are there because they got other things that caused um, liver failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them like hepatocellular carcinoma, liver cancer. Those are like really big words that I don't even know what you Yeah, <laughs> so, li- liver cancer, um, uh, hepatitis, which may have been like accidental or, you know, things like that. Fatty liver can actually cause cirrhosis um, where there's too much fat, fat mm-hmm. around the liver and mm-hmm. um, that can definitely cause cirrhosis. But the grand majority of cases are um, people who drink too much. But you're talking about people who drink like a big old like handle of yeah. something. So like, not just like I tried we to... binged on the weekend. Yeah. And now I have liver cancer. So I tried to look up how much alcohol you have to drink in order to get cirrhosis. Um, and you know what? The literature is not uh, very uh, Definitive on it. Well, probably not because of course they're not going to be like, well, if you drink this much, so then people are going to be like, oh, well, I'm going to just drink this much. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and it varies by the person. Uh, maybe I'm okay with um, two glasses of red wine. Maybe for somebody else, it's actually a lot. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it, it varies by the person. But um, again, I'm only speaking for myself. My patients who come in with alcoholic cirrhosis, they drink a lot. Mm. These were not um, a glass of Does that take with... them off the transplant list? Um, so, not necessarily. Um, the patients... You said so, like, you're like, uh... Okay, so this is the thing about the transplant. Um, transplants are regulated by UNOS, which is the um, United... Uh, that's that game you play where you reverse it um, and you draw four. <laughs> the <Yeah>. Uno. <laughs> um, and um, so when it's actually the surgeon who decides that he's going to transplant, he or she, we have female surgeons, um, will decide whether you're a good candidate for transplant. Um, and here's the thing. They look at a variety of factors mm-hmm. when deciding whether you can get it or not. Um, number one, if you were an alcoholic before, are you sober now? And what has been the length of sobriety now? Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So we know that maybe you had a problem before, but have you been sober now? Mm -hmm. Um, That makes sense. Are are you in a program? Do you have a sponsor? You know, things like that. Um, do you have, and I know this is kind of sounds crazy, but, uh, do you have some sort of financial support and social support? Uh, you're going to have to be able to pay for meds, uh, things like that. And then um, social support. Because a liver transplant is so invasive and um, 
it really, you know, it's a long recovery. Mm-hmm. Do you have somebody that can help, help take care of you right. for, sense. you know, a long time? Um, and, you know, people can get taken off the list for not having social support. If you don't, if you live by yourself and, and, and you don't have family or friends that can step in to care for you, that might not make you a good candidate for right. this. And so we're kind of going into the ugly part of the job. Right. Sometimes, Actually, we did talk about the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah, so. the not good part of the job is that sometimes certain people are told that they're not a good candidate. Right. And for them, obviously, they see this as a death sentence because they know that they need a transplant and they know that they're probably not and they're they're not going to get it at least not with us um so yeah you know they 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 know that the end is coming for them now of course hopefully um we're sending them home hopefully with hospice care or something um, to make them comfortable palliative care yes we want definitely our everybody's important whether you're going to get transplanted or or you're going to get sent home to live out the rest of your days um you know the the goal is not always to fix you right sometimes the goal is to make sure that you're comfortable Mm -hmm. to ease your suffering to improve your quality of life and that that actually is um that's you know that's actually an honorable thing right so um you know hopefully we're taking care of the people that are not candidates um well, for listeners who are even considering going into nursing, there's some ugly for you right there, because not everything's all... Oh, no. No. A lot of people think, like, oh, I'm going to go to nursing school, and I'm going to make a shitload of money, and I'm mm. going to, like, and ta-da, I'm rich. You know, it's not going to be all... No, some parts of the job are, are very sad, we would say, like, um, you know, some patients are, like, honestly, like, they're so nice, mm-hmm. and you're rooting for them so mm-hmm. badly, um, but the prognosis doesn't look good. Right. And uh, as somebody who works in the medical field, uh, you do have to stay realistic. Um, and so, you know, you, you get sad. Uh, a little bit with these people. So you said it, it can be sad at times and it can also be dirty. Uh-huh. Nursing that would probably be, be like good, bad, and the ugly. So I honestly wish that um, people who drink a lot, a lot, um, you know, people who are on their way to alcoholic cirrhosis could see how they might end up and it might change their mind. Maybe you should start running a commercial or like a campaign like, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen to you. Uh, so, you know, when we're talking about dirty, um, people- You're about like shit. Yeah, people yes. who are alcoholic uh, or, or any type of cirrhosis that has gone very, very far, they're confused. Um, they're not able to clear the ammonia in their system. So the ammonia goes to their brain Mm. and they get very, very confused. They don't know their name. So Um, it's like a hallucinant kind of like, so they don't actually, I don't see too much hallucination, but if I ask them, Hey, what's your name? Where are you at? They have no idea. Um, and they can, they can even be pulling on lines. So if they have a tube in their nose or an IV in their arm or something they you know, we can start pulling. And sometimes, unfortunately, if the patient does do that, they're threatening themselves kind of sort of, and we have to restrain them, which is 
even sadder because this person is being restrained and they're not a criminal. They, you know, they haven't done anything right. bad. Um, but Just we have to, to restrain them for their own safety. Right. Um, and when you're confused, you lose continence. Um, so, so bowel, urine. So, Shit. Yeah, and with liver cirrhosis, remember that your liver makes clotting factors. So you can be sitting in your poop, in your blood, in your urine, and it's a mess. Mm. And I certainly would never wish this on my worst enemy, much less somebody that I cared for. But you as a nurse have to go in there. You have to clean it up. Oh, that's your yeah. job. Absolutely. So it's not like if somebody's like, I'm gonna, I want to be a nurse and I'm going to make so much more an hour and yeah but you're also going to be having to deal with so I think sometimes people think that they have a nurse's aid and that the nurse's aid is going to take care of that but the nurse is the nurse's aid like so a nurse can do everything that a nurse's aide can do. Mm-hmm. So you're responsible for that. Um, and your nurse's aide may not actually be available because we share her amongst all of the nurses. So she might be helping another nurse. If my patient is sitting in a mess, I don't have time to wait. So I'm going to clean up that patient myself, you know? Right. Um, so, you know, that's, so that's where some of the dirty comes in. It did get dirty one time where I actually got a little poop on my arm. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, it's really not that ill because it's just like you have to clean yourself and that's it. So but... I was with the nurse's aide. Um, she and I were doing it together. The patient was a little bit heavier. And I think when I turned the patient, you know, you, you put your arms over the bed. Right. And so the patient came toward me or the other way, I don't remember. And... I looked and I saw poop on my arm. The nurse's aide saw it too, and she goes, "Oh my god, Andrew!" And I said, "It's okay, it's okay. Keep going." <laughs> like, oh, you're we, so professional. We we already started this project. Let's <laughs> right, let's see it through the end. Let's see it through the end. You're so professional. And I'm so I, proud of you. And you don't want to embarrass the, cu- the patient. That's the customer, the patient. You yeah. don't want to embarrass them. So, um, you're you, such a professional. You keep going I'm so through proud it. Of you. Yeah. I mean, and some of that stuff is, like, kind of stinky. I mean, oh, you let's know what? be honest. Uh, um, but, you, I mean, don't go in there with a face. Because that, that, <laughs> that, that, that will make somebody feel really bad. I'm sure it would. Like, it's just funny to think, like, you go in there and you're like, you have that stank face on you. You're like, oh, my God, who's shit in here? Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking, like, okay, this I'm going to be honest with you listeners and you. Um, I took a poop. Mm-hmm. And I... I literally, okay, so I took a poop. Mm-hmm. I t- it's so weird that I'm saying poop. Who says poop? Okay, I took a shit. And when I was like, you know, you have you wipe and stuff. But I was like, it smells like a baby shit. Like, you know, like, have you ever changed a baby diaper? And then, like, there's just... I haven't. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. Well. <laughs> Listeners, you, I'm sure, have changed a baby diaper before. And there's, like, sometimes when the baby shit smells like... Um, Oh my god, I don't even know how to explain it. But I swear, I took a shit, and it smelled like... It literally smelled like like a baby's diaper. Like, I was like, oh my god, that smells like baby shit. And I was trying to figure out what I ate that smelled like that. Yeah. But it was... But was it bad? Um, yeah, it was... Well, I, well you say you never change a baby's diaper. Uh. Some baby shit smells like, um... I don't even know how to explain it. I, I'm not an expert on poop, but I've read that. 
I read that it's not supp- that even your own poop as an adult it's uh-huh. not supposed to smell terrible. If it smells uh-huh. terrible, then there's something else going on. Right. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's supposed to smell there's great. There's like some days think, where like you know. I'm sure if you don't eat the healthiest, it's not gonna smell the greatest. So yeah. I mean, I wasn't eating like vegan. Mm. Oh, which by the way. Loma Linda University is vegan, right? Yeah, uh, not vegan. They're uh, vegetarian. Oh, I thought they were vegan. No, they're vegetarian. So um, the Seventh-day Adventists have uh, what's called uh, a prophetess. I like how we just transitioned from shit to vegan. Uh, <laughs> uh, only uh, on the AAE podcast can you transition from shit to veganism. Yeah. So they have a prof- vegetarian. They have a prophetess named uh, Ellen G. White. Um, and you know, God gave her revelation and she wrote several books about healthy living, which they actually, uh, they hold with a lot of weight. So a lot of her writings, they actually follow. Um, and she wrote about vegetarianism. So, uh, not a hundred percent of SDAs are vegetarian, but several of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, and their studies, um, one of them being their own, the Adventist health studies, but they actually do very well. Um, I, I don't know if it's that they don't eat meat or anything, because they also don't drink or smoke. Um, but Smoke weed or smoke cigarettes? That's a big difference. They don't smoke <laughs> anything. Oh, they're not supposed to. I, I mean, I don't know what people do in their house, but they're not supposed, supposed right. to. And we shouldn't either. Um, so, but with the vegetarianism, with vegetarian diet, what's going to happen is that you're going to ingest high amounts of fiber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of these cancers, Elijah, get a lot of attention. Breast cancer, uh, men, like men's cancers, like testicular. Oh, right. Uh, prostate. Actually, the number one cancer in the United States is colon cancer. Um, mm. So, you know, uh, cancer of your large bowel. And the, the idea is that um, that has to do with not enough fiber intake. Um, I'm take more fiber. So you should eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, and if you don't, say you absolutely can't, then a fiber supplement, like a Metamucil or, you know, something like that, might be a good idea. I'm going to start taking more fiber. Yeah. So... I like I get enough fiber. A good way to know if you have fiber, and we were talking about poop, when you poop, your poop should be solid. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. And it should not... Trust me. Remember when we went through the uh, hypochondria part of me? Trust me. I went through that already. For your listeners, your poop should not smear. (laughs) So if you're using... And I don't mean this to be nasty or funny. This is the truth. (laughs) If you're using a lot of toilet paper, Mm -hmm. then... You're not getting enough fiber. You're not doing it right. Um, You need to change your diet. Um, It's not normal to have to go through a lot of toilet paper to get clean. Right. Your poop should be solid and it shouldn't oh, smear all over. Oh, speaking of which, if any listeners are interested in taking in more fiber or whatnot, oh, if you, if you go to BJ's Health Food, there's one here on Maine in High Desert. If you're living in the High Desert, um, I think there's more than one BJ's, right? It's not just in the High Desert, right? Uh, well, go to your local health food store. There's one here on Maine, and there's one on Bear Valley, the BJ's Health Food Store. And they sell this, um, this guy had told me, he was like, oh, he actually said, don't drink Metamucil because it's not good for your intestines. Oh, really? But, by the way, I didn't ask him to show me a case study or anything like that, so I, he could have been full of shit and oh. trying to sell me, like, a specific product. Yeah. But, 
he was like, this product's like all natural, blah, blah, blah. And it was like very grainy. Excuse me. It was all very grainy. And, um, but I noticed that you do like, you get some water and you put like however many scoops, like a scoop full or whatever. And you drink it. I noticed that my poops were coming out like just Better. like clean. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that with the apple cider vinegar, which I think I talked about that with Ricky. So we're talking about poop all over again. I yeah. guess I'm just a poop talker. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it's funny that he said not to take Metamucil. And I said to take Metamucil. Um, I think Metamucil is okay, to be honest with you. He mm-hmm. might have been just trying to sell you I think so. what, what he has. But I do want to... Um, Say this on the record, on tape for all of the listeners. (laughs) Nurses do not have a license to practice medicine. Um, So that means I I cannot prescribe you. So definitely BJ's guy doesn't have a license to... He doesn't have a license to practice medicine. Metamucil is bad for you. So before you take anything, um, a a supplement, an over-the-counter med, I mean, you know, something that you're not sure about, mm-hmm. you should definitely discuss that with your physician. Your physician does have a license to practice medicine. <laughs> right. um, so I just want to say that because, um, you know, it's funny, Elijah, um, friends and family, like you do it to me all the time too. We're like, oh, what should I do for this? What should I do? For this? <laughs> I, oh, my, I swear. I did and it especially to you, I did with it to my Hispanic family, they're like, oh, should I take this? Should I take that? And, uh, I have to let them know. <laughs> I, I'm not a doctor. And you actually have health insurance. And you see your doctor all Regularly, the time. Like, ask go doctor. ask him. Ask your doctor. And it's not me trying to deflect. <laughs> it really isn't. It's just that um, if, I, if I had a serious question I and, and I didn't know the answer, I would want to talk to an expert. Right. Your physician is the expert. That's who you should be getting advice from. Um, I'll tell you a, a little story. Um, my aunt recently, she's um, depressed, uh, not feeling well, mm-hmm. and uh, had certain family members that they bought like this these injections what? that you give in I guess in the glute glute like a vitamin the, or something some vitamin thing or whatever and they asked me oh you know how to inject can you can you give it I'd be like no absolutely not I'm not trying to risk my nursing license uh, like what the fuck uh, first of all. I don't know where that medication came from. Right. Secondly, oh, well, first no... of all, it came from Mexico. Duh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's in it or anything like that. And I don't have an order. It's not prescribed <laughs> by a physician. I mean, if my grandma needs help with her meds, I'll read her prescriptions and I can help her do all those things. But I'm not going to inject something into somebody that I don't know what it is. Right. Um, you know, so I, I want to encourage all your listeners to be very careful about things. Um, stop looking at the latest fad. Uh, oh, everyone's taking this now or whatever. Uh, you need to talk to your doctor before you take things. Right. Um, get, I agree with that. Get everyone gets advice. on those like fads, like, oh, we're going to do this. Or like everyone, yeah. oh, my friend lost this much weight doing this. Like, and who knows if it's safe, yeah. you know. Definitely <laughs> discuss things with stop your physician. following people. Don't be a follower. Don't be a follower. <laughs> Follow Christ and follow <laughs> and and follow the physician. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a great ending to the message. Oh, I had a great time. I know. Thank you so much for coming. I you were so nervous to come too. Listeners, he was so very nervous to come. I thought that I might bore people to death and Maybe I still did. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> just we'll, because, we'll find out from the Just because we're laughing. I was so interested. I loved it. Um, I was, just because we're laughing it. doesn't mean 
They're laughing. Right. Maybe you turn this off 30 minutes ago. <laughs> Who knows? Well, um, thank you so much for doing my podcast. I, I hope people were educated. If you're going to go to school, I hope this helped. Do it. Reach out to me. I'll help you get in contact with Andrew. He'll help you study or right. he'll give you study advice, whatever. Yes. Um, thank you so, so much for doing it because I know you were scared and I appreciate all of my guests. So thank you all guests, including Andrew. Cheers. Cheers. Have a good night. Bye, you guys.